What's up, beautiful humans? We are back with the third episode of Equation of Excellence. Today, we're going to switch it up and do something a little different. We had some scheduling snafus, uh, mostly because I'm traveling like a madman. But fear not, we have a wonderful, wonderful pod today. Uh, I'm going to do a solo cast. So you're stuck with me for the next 20-ish minutes or so. But but I have a lot of value jam-packed in this. We're going to go through the five tips uh, I have for becoming a better marketing leader. This is what I've experienced in my tenure of about 15 years-ish, most recently CMO at Tripwell, now running the ship over at Vermont. Uh, so let's jump in. What are the five tips I got for you? So five tips to becoming a better marketing leader. One, hiring. So we're going to go through a really cool agency talent matrix that I love. Um, the second thing is a how I delegate responsibility for projects. I'm a big, big ownership person. The third thing is the way I like to either interact or run leadership meetings and or higher level meetings. Uh, very big, no agenda, no attenda type of person. Not huge into meetings, but if you are in leadership, it's very hard to get all the meetings off of your calendar. The next thing we'll go into is how I like to distribute workload in terms of goals, rocks, to-dos. We'll go through that whole framework. And the last thing is really, really important. You need to be your number one fan. So we'll go through all of this. So let's jump in. Okay. So the first thing is from a guy named Shreyas Dossi. He used to be an XPM at Stripe. Uh, just a really brilliant human. I encountered him on the Knowledge Project podcast, which I'll link in the show notes, which one is just a sensational podcast, but this one in particular was just absolutely stellar. So he has this agency talent matrix. If you're listening to this, I'm showing a graphic that has a, it's a two by two quadrant or matrix and the Y axis is agency. Agency is just another word for autonomy, get shit done. Like I don't need to tell you, you'll just do it. And then talent is on the X axis and talent is very self-explanatory. Okay, so in the bottom left corner, so this is low agency, low talent. He labels these cogs in a wheel. You don't wanna hire these people. That's pretty easy, right? Um, the next thing up, so if you go to the top left quadrant, you're gonna have high agency, low talent. These people are fantastic hires. They might not look like it on paper. They might not have the pedigree. They might not be from an Ivy, whatever. These people are going to be awesome to hire. They're going to get shit done. They're going to be absolute workhorses. They're not going to complain and they're going to crush. And quite frankly, they can transition and acquire talent to move them into the top right matrix, which we'll move into now, which is called Game Changers. These are people like if anybody's involved in music, if you find a singer songwriter, you sell your soul for them and you do whatever you, you can to keep them. These are what game changers are. Game changers will change the physics of your company, the economics of your company. These people, if you find one, give them a blank check, hire them, hire them, hire them, keep them happy. These are high talent, high agency people, incredibly hard to find. But if you run across one, definitely hire them. Now, the last one is the most seductive. This is low agency, high talent. These people are incredible on paper. They interview incredibly well. They are brilliant, but they never get anything done because they want to walk into a perfect system. And what happens is there is no perfect system. I've worked at a spectrum of companies from small to massive, from Whole Foods that got acquired by Amazon to running my own agency to an agency out of New York where it was very large. 
everything, there's always going to be holes. There's always going to be opportunities to grow. And these people are incredible at pointing those out, but they won't do anything until the situation is perfect. The situation will never be perfect. Transparently, this was me in the early stages of my career where I would go in and be like, hey, we should do things like this. We should do things like that. Why aren't we doing things like this? Why aren't we doing things like that? You just have to deal with it. There's just going to be shit that you have to deal with that's going to be challenging, that's not going to be perfect. Don't be a frustrated genius. It's super easy to do, um, but don't be them and don't hire them. They are they are incredibly seductive and very hard to change. So in summation, I love to hire go-getters. They're usually below market. They're usually undervalued and they're going to have incredible impact on the organization or business. Um, game changers, no brainer, hire them give them as much money as you can. These people are game changers. You want them, you want them. And the last thing I'll add on hiring, and this is just my specific type of hiring style because I like to run more of a SEAL Team 6 type of team where I have five to seven killers and we can move mountains. Uh, I'm not into kind of the general style running. I, I, I When I left Triple, I was running maybe 30 or 40 people or managing 30 or 40 people not the path, not for me, not into it. Um, and so because I like to have that smaller headcount, I, I hire a lot on vibes where I want to make sure that I can interact with this person. I like this person. They're going to keep the culture that I'm trying to build on my team. The other team members like them, vibe with them, respect with them. Uh, a little kind of thought experiment that I like to use is if you're at the airport with this person that you're a, pros- a prospect that you're thinking about hiring, if the flight gets canceled, are you mad because you have to sit at the airport with this person? So hiring, very, very hard to do. But this matrix really solidified a lot of ideas and thoughts I had in my head um, into a really eloquent and easy to use framework. So go check out the podcast. It's really awesome. And when you're hiring, hire go-getters, hire game changers, be on the lookout and stay away from frustrated geniuses. And obviously cogs in the wheel are, you don't you don't need to hire them. Okay, moving on. I'm a huge, huge believer in responsibility. I think ownership and responsibility drive standards. If you care about something and you own something, standards don't matter because you care about it. So uh, this is a little MBA-ish, so forgive me, but it's actually pretty awesome. So the framework is called RACI. And so it's an acronym for Responsible, Accountable, Consulted, Informed. So whenever we start up any, we call them packages here at Vermont, where um, this is all in Notion. Obviously, you guys know I'm a big Notion maxi. And so when these projects get spun up, there has to be responsible, accountable, consulted, informed. So let me go through what that means. So responsible is people that are actually doing the work. They're actually building. This can be multiple people. So when we run events, for example, I'm usually responsible for the event. Ankita, one of our incredible saleswomen, is a crusher. She does all the follow-up, so that's she's part of the project. And then sometimes our essentially CFO, COO, Evelyn, will jump in as well, whether it's payment or things of that nature. And so sometimes she'll have some responsibility within the project. But responsible are the people that are actually doing the work. Accountable is the person that is going to get yelled at or high-fived. This is the person that owns the project. There can only be one person accountable. This is how you drive ownership. This is how you drive responsibility. This is how you drive results. One person is 
accountable. Multiple people can be responsible. And then the last two are consulted and informed. Consulted is something that you might bounce off of, whether it's your boss, your head of sales, what have you, and you say, hey, we're doing this event. What do you think? What do you think of the structure, et cetera? They don't have any deliverables or action items. You're just bouncing ideas. You're consulting with them. These are the people that are consulted. And then lastly, informed. Sometimes you might not have informed filled out because everybody that is already involved in the project is either responsible, accountable, or consulted. But informed is just people that you want to keep apprised of the situation. Um, so our co-founder, Shreyas, um, he comes to the dinner sometimes, doesn't come to dinner sometimes. So we just want to keep him informed on what the what's going on. Here's the dinners that we're running, et cetera. So responsible, accountable, consulted, informed. Uh, I actually also have another framework that maybe we'll go over in another solo cast called 13 Regions of Responsibility. And I use the RACI to actually divvy up the responsible and accountable um, to make sure that people own these regions of responsibility and absolutely crush it. But RACI, I really, really recommend running projects like this. It's easy because you have accountable, like I said, that person is who you yell at or who you high five, very easy to go to to get answers. And then this is also a really cool way if you're doing it in Notion, Asana, whatever your project management tool of choice is, to understand people's workload. If you see that people are responsible for a bunch of things you need to just kind of reach out and touch and say like hey are you guys okay on your bandwidth or vice versa if you see people aren't responsible for a lot of stuff and your ic's aren't in this responsibility category you have to ask why like what is going on here what's your bandwidth like how are you moving projects forward what projects are you involved in so this gives a really clear-cut all right so now here's how the l10 meeting is structured so one of the biggest things is make sure everybody's on time. If this is a leadership meeting, it needs to be important. It needs to be one of the only meetings. I only have three meetings. I put two fingers up three. I only have three meetings a week that I can't miss. I can't miss my leadership meeting. I can't miss the pipeline review and I can't miss the lead gen review. Obviously I have one-on-ones with my boss, with my other core workers, things of that nature. Sometimes I punt those. Sometimes I do them async, but those three meetings I never ever punt. Leadership meetings, if they are a leadership meeting, truly, they need to be important. This is the rule number one for L10 meetings. Make sure everybody is on time there. Something really interesting. So we had a little bit of an issue with tardiness at the firm at L10 when we started implementing this. And Evelyn, who is just brilliant, I love her to death, she had a great idea. And so what we did was we implemented, um, normally I would MC the meetings, but we now shifted that to the last person that joins the L10 meeting is the person that basically runs the meeting next week. And that has done wonders for punctuality. So that's a little hack there. But so the number one rule for L10 is the meeting must start on time and it must end on time. Very, very, very important. Okay. From that, this is, I think I mentioned in the early one, but this is derived from the uh, entrepreneurial operating system. Very, very cool stuff. I'll talk about the next thing as well. But, okay, so quickly going through the structure of an L10 meeting, what you're going to do is you're going to, the first five minutes, you're going to have good news. This is personal, professional, or both. Awesome. Throw it in the Notion document, and I'll, I'll drop a link to a template, or you guys can just message me. Um, we have a whole L10 template that just updates every week and pumps into the Slack channel. Um, the next thing is company scorecard. So what are the metrics you care about? The company scorecard is not about 
discussion. It's about information. I'm informing you. Here's how marketing is doing on traffic, MQLs, SQLs. Here's how sales is trending. Here's how finance is doing from budget to actuals. Here's product roadmap stuff. Whatever your company scorecards are, or the metrics that you really care about in your company, have your department has review these five minutes, boom, move on. Customer headlines. Customer headlines, awesome. They can be positive. They can be negative. They can be neutral. Just whatever you want to surface to your leadership team, this is where you do it. Not a ton of discussion around customer headlines. Again, more about information than it is about discussion. Boom, move on to the next thing. Last week's action items. So there should be action items from every single L10 meeting, usually, sometimes not, but more than likely there's going to be some semblance of action items. Action items are due within the week. So you need to, if you get an action item, it needs to commit to being able to get it done within seven days. Um, and then the next part, this is the really cool one. So this is where a lot of the magic happens. So this is IDS. This is identify, discuss, and solve. And so what's really cool about IDS is you get all these people together all the, and people will put in, so you have a basically a three-prong approach. You identify the issue, and then you discuss the issue, and then you have solves for that. Within that, you have to make sure if people are putting in IDS items, it has to be in that framework. If not, it gets super messy. And if people won't commit to doing that, then they don't get they don't get to put the topic into IDS. And again, in Notion, you can do it really easily where you can click a button and it'll make the structure for you. Um, IDS, very, very awesome. This is this is the magic, in my opinion, of the L10 meeting. This is very, very cool stuff. IDS, go check it out. And the last thing is conclusion. So you're just gonna conclude, go over any of the action items that were divvied up, make sure everybody's clear on them. If they're sharing info, like I'm gonna take off next week, or I hired somebody, or just anything that you wanna share with the leadership team, um, this is the time to do it. And then at the very end, whoever's running the meeting will go around and ask people to rate the meeting from one to 10. Um, 10 is perfect meeting, started on time, super valuable, everybody liked the discussion, etc. One was, why did I even show up? I'm never coming again. You want to keep obviously going for 10s. Um, and so we take all those scores that everybody inputs, and then we average them. And that way we can see if the meeting is more or less productive, are people getting more value out of it? L10 meeting, super awesome. I hate meetings. But an L10 meeting is actually worthwhile. And if you're running a leadership meeting or some semblance of a very high burn kind of meeting where you're bringing in a lot of heavy hitters, they're clearing time on their schedule to make this synchronicity happen. Highly, highly recommend the L10 meeting structure. Super, super strong. Okay, moving on, moving on. So the next thing is kind of ancillary related. It's another uh, inspo from the EOS so this is how I think of workload. So you can kind of see it there, but it's a little unclear. So goals, so this is same, same, but different to OKRs. I'm not super into OKRs. Um, not that they're a bad system or a good system. I just found that OKRs could get so complex that people started to index on making a better system rather than better results. And I am much more in the frame of uh, Phil Knight, where he says, uh, perfect results count, not perfect processes. Um, and so it doesn't matter about if the system's perfect, I want impact on the business. Okay. With that being said, the way EOS and the way I like to think about things are goals are what are we going to happen? What are we going to accomplish in a year? Those can be three to seven per year. Uh, are we going to get X, Y, and Z? It, 
those are the big hairy goals that you're going after that year. Now, those goals are then broken down. And now from those goals, you'll have rocks. And so those rocks are what are you going to commit to within this quarter? So everything is done in quarters, usually in B2B SaaS land. Um, and so what are you going to accomplish and commit to this quarter? Again, those can be around three to seven. If you get over seven, you're going to get overwhelmed. Um, and three is a, a nice kind of meaty number that you can take on. So that three to seven quantity is perfect. And then the next layer is to do's. Is this something that is going to get done in seven days? Okay, cool. If it's under seven days and I can accomplish it, that turns into a do, a to do. If not, it either moves into my next week or it becomes a rock if it's big enough and that becomes a quarterly goal. So you have goals over a year. What do I want to accomplish this year? You have rocks. What am I trying to accomplish this quarter? You have to do's. What do I need to ship within the next seven days? And then a nice little way to think about if something does pop up, is this going to impact the business this quarter? If it is, then you slip it into the next IDS. So at the next L10 meeting that you have, IDS that issue. If the issue is not going to impact your business within the quarter, then you just move it to the quarterly business review. So if you're not already doing this, I'm actually heading out uh, later today to San Francisco for our leadership offsite um, where every quarter the leaders all get together for the quarterly business review. How's the business doing? Setting the new rocks, making sure the goals are aligned, things of that nature. And so that's how you do it. IDS it if it's under 90 days. If it's going to impact the business under 90 days, then you put it in the next L10 meeting and you IDS it. If not, punt it to the QBR and you can talk about it when you have your uh, leadership offsite. Really, really cool way to structure things. Uh, I, I've liked it and it's for me, a lot more efficient and you can't hide in like the system where I feel like an OKRs and other ones are uh, overly complex and they, again, reward people that are really great at the system, not necessarily rewarding the people that are actually cranking out the results. Okay. Amazing. Um, and I don't know if I already said this, but I also stole this from EOS. Um, they have a whole, I'll, I'll pop the video in there, but in terms of goals, rocks, to-dos, super, super strong, super strong. All right, we're almost done. We're almost done. Okay, the last thing, and this is something that I've done some consulting in the past that nobody does. Even when I do my one-on-ones with um, my uh, direct reports, this is something that I always, always encourage. Be your number one fan. So as a marketing leader, you're the cool kids. Everybody loves and looks up to marketing. We, we are the cool kids. We're the fun stuff. We get to do dinners. We get to do fun things. We get to buy merch, blah, blah, blah. Not everybody has the same context as you. And so every week, or I actually do it every month, but when I was at Triple Whale, I was doing it every week to two weeks. I just write a whole synopsis of everything that we were accomplishing. So where we were, where we are, where we're going, dump it into a Slack channel. So we have marketing Slack channel, um, depending on the size of your company and your Slack etiquette, you might be able to just smash it into the general channel or whatever your big kind of whole team channel is, but brag on yourself. Tell people what you're doing. Tell people where you've been. Tell people where you're going. Not everybody has the context that you do, especially engineers, sales, etc. This is something that is super, super valuable. Not many people do it. And I'm telling you, your boss has no idea what you're doing. Your engineers have no idea what you're doing. They don't have the context that you do. So this is your opportunity to brag on yourself. And not only will it help aggregate some political kind of goodwill. Um, it's just a great exercise to understand what you're actually doing. And it gives you a really 
good launch pad to be able to kind of take that beginner's mind, if you will, where you can get back to the, the basics and say, hey, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. This is how we're going to crush. So be your number one fan. Do a weekly, bi-weekly, or at worst, monthly update of all your marketing activities. Um, post it in the Slack channel and then go full send. People will love it, and it feels really good. I usually do it on a Friday because not many people are working. You do it kind of mid to tail end of the Friday, and then so uh, I'll probably end up posting my next one this Friday, actually, because the first is coming up. Um, so, yeah, brag on yourself. Do it. Super important. People love you, and people will love you when they see all the amazing stuff you are running and doing for the marketing department. All right, folks. That was a lot, I know, but five tips. Hire well, L10 meetings, racy. Make sure you have clear responsibility, clear ownership. I've found most conflict happens because there is ambiguity in the ownership of said project. Racy, L10 meetings, rocks. What was the last one? Brag on yourself, and there was another one in there I forgot. Oh, and then hiring, duh. So you got hiring, you got racy, you got L10 meetings, how to structure your workload in terms of rocks, goals, to-dos, and then brag on yourself. If you do at least one of these five, I guarantee you'll be better off. If you do all five of these things, you'll probably be taking my job in a few months. All right, I hope you enjoyed this solo cast coming from you live from Austin, Texas. Thanks for dropping in. Um, we also have this on YouTube. There were some visuals that I didn't do an exquisite job talking through. Um, so if you do wanna see some of the visuals, head over to our YouTubes, uh, just youtube.com slash format commerce. And also don't forget, Go to firmatcommerce.com, book a demo, subscribe to Geometry of Growth, absolute heater of a newsletter. We also have a new sister show called D2C Hunter that is also on our YouTube where I go and review. Actually, that's my, where is it? I'm pointing, if you guys are listening to the last Chrome box that has now made it into my backdrop because I just love the company. So go check out that video. Uh, new, actually, D2C Hunter will drop tomorrow. Uh, so yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thank you for all the love that you are showing me. I am happy that all of you people exist and listen to all my ramblings. Uh, yeah, thank you for everything. And what else I got for you? That's it. I will be in California next week. So holler at me if you are out in the Venice area. We are working on a super secret stealth project, um, which is very, very exciting. We should have some more details to disclose in the coming weeks. But until then, we'll see you on the flip. Bye-bye.